Turn to somebody and say, it's so good to see you this morning. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, thank you. Also, thank you to the media team who uh, brings us out every week. Usually I'm behind the camera or in the, in the closet, as uh, my granddaughter calls it, grandpa's room now. That's where I, is this grandpa going to be in his room? So I, but I think it's going to be more fun today for me because I'm up here and I'm just going to make my camera people have to try to follow me around. And, and, no, that's, Gord's like, stop. <laughs> stop now. Anyway, praise God. Uh, anyway, we are, we're excited to be here this morning to be able to share with you as we continue on with uh, the month of love, uh, as we continue to talk about just God's love for us and, and how great it is. And for everyone who's online watching this morning, thank you for joining us and uh, make sure that you uh, hit the likes, make sure that you share it, uh, because I, I really believe that God's going to use uh, the social media and the internet to really expand God's kingdom. Amen. Yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, get it out there. Uh, we started uh, putting together, because uh, our worship is awesome here, isn't it? We have awesome worship. And so what, it, it, what we've started to do now is to put, uh, just grab a song from whatever service and put it out during the week just so that you can be blessed by it. Maybe you're having a rough day and that song will speak to you that day, but also, again, to share it. And God will use that as a seed in someone else's life on your, on your Facebook page or, or whatever. So make sure you use that to be a blessing to, to others also. And so today, we're going to have some fun. And like I said, we're honored to be with you here this morning. And uh, so we're going to just open up in prayer. Can we do that? Amen. Should I try this lapel thing now? How's that? Testing, one, two. Excellent. All right. Well, I just really believe God's going to speak to us this morning. And so let's just open up our hands and just receive from him what he has for us today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be your vessel this morning. Uh, Father, I just pray right now that you will just use Rhonda and I in this message that you've put in our heart. That someone uh, be here or, or who's watching online or who's going to watch it next week. That, Father, that you will use this to speak to them so that they will understand how much you truly do love each and every one of us. And so, Father, I just pray a blessing over this service. I pray a blessing over everyone who's uh, here today and also who's watching. And we just give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone shouted. Amen. amen and amen. Amen. 2021. Now, this year, Mark and I... Get this. We will have been dating for 40 years. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We met at the hospital nursery when we were born. <laughs> I, still I looked over at her crib and went, whoa. <laughs> I still remember the day Mark's family showed up at my church. He was so cute. I was sitting in the back and the pastor asked his family to stand up and introduce them. And the first thing I got, I did when I got home that day was look up his phone number in a phone book. For those of you who don't know what that is. What, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and we spent 
a lot of time on the phone in our dating years, getting to know each other, becoming friends, and falling in love. And we were pretty young when we met, not in the nursery at the hospital, but <laughs> we didn't go to the same high school, and we both lived out of town, but in opposite directions. And our only opportunity in the beginning was to see each other at youth group and Sunday church. So our church attendance was spot on. We were there all the time. Didn't miss. <laughs> this summer, we are going to be celebrating 33 years of marriage. Amen. So this morning, we're going to... Actually, you know what? Peter, I used to tease you when you always were looking for your, your cheaters. Yeah, they're on your head and all that. And now it's come back and got me. I shouldn't have teased you all those times. <laughs> anyway. You used to tease Pastor Kevin. Yeah, and Pastor. I tease a lot of people. But this morning, the thing that we want to talk to you to my, the, this morning about is unconditional love. It's something that I, over the last 25 years that I've really experienced through God, um, and it's just something that he's put on my heart, and I'm hoping that if you're out there today and you don't think that God loves you, that by the end of today, that you will realize that it doesn't matter what your past is, that you are loved. And so we, the title of our message today is Encountering the Love of God. So unconditional love, simply put, is love without strings attached. Um, it is, it's love that you offer freely. You don't base it on what someone has done for you in return. You simply love them and want nothing more than their happiness. That's the definition of unconditional love. And so if you have your Bibles or if you've been to a wedding, we've all heard this scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says, love is patient. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Amen. And so that is love. I've always read this scripture and knew that this was ideal for what our love should look like. <laughs> Patience, <clears throat> kindness. Why are you looking at me when you say those things? <laughs> Honoring, truthful, trusting, hoping, persevering. And, oh, Mark and I loved each other. We did. But to be honest. Did? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we do. We still do? Okay, good. Just checking. But when we were first dating and married, we honestly didn't have a clue what it meant to fully love like this. You know, not anything close. We did our best most of the time um, when we were first dating, but we made all the mistakes. But we stayed in there and we kept working at it. And we kept working towards the kind of love that those beautiful words in 1 Corinthians 13 describe. And we're still not perfect we're by not. any means, but I'm thankful to, to say that our love looks a whole lot more like it now than it did in the beginning. Have you guys read the book, The Love Dare? Such a good book. I recommend it if you haven't. But the author, Stephen Kendrick, said, 
Listen to this. The only way love can last a lifetime is if it's unconditional. The truth is this. Love is not determined by the one being loved, but by rather by the one choosing to love. Yeah. And what makes love unconditional? The definition of the word unconditional is without restrictions or limits, unquestioning. And you know, there's only one true source of this kind of love, and what's that? God. And if we want to learn to love others unconditionally, we can only look to God, who's the perfect source. Amen. And I didn't know what unconditional love was until I met Jesus. And if I'm honest, I may never fully understand how God can still love me sometimes. Do you feel that way sometimes? Sometimes it feels as though I fail every single day. Can you guys relate to that? And yet Jesus allows us to experience the love of the Father. And a Father that is kinder and loves us more than any of our earthly fathers could ever even be capable of. So what we want to do is just share with you some points about how unconditional love can work in our lives and how we can take what God has shown us and be able to live it out in our lives each and every day. And so the very first thing is that God never runs out of unconditional love. He never runs out of it. God's love is infinite. It's forever. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there will never be a day when God doesn't love you. There is never going to be a day that that happens. You can't do or say anything to revoke God's love. And that's the gospel in a nutshell. He loves us forever. And so, but the problem is in our world today as humans, we get rejected by our friends. Uh, maybe they turn on us. Uh, we have a, a marriage that sometimes end divorce and, and end split up. Our parents don't support us in what we want to do or in the, in the different things that uh, we have in our heart. Is it any wonder why we end up not understanding God's true love for us? Because we're comparing it to what we know here on earth. I've had young people when I've talked to them about, you know, sharing God's love with them and I, how much God loves them. And it's the father's love of God for them. And then they turn to me and they say, well, my father left me when I was three. I've never known my father. I was abused by people that I trusted. And, and so for them, it is hard to understand or want anything to do with God's love because again, they're comparing it to what they know as, as humans, what we experience each and every day. Or I've even seen believers, you know, in different, not here because you guys are awesome, but, but who have, who've never experienced God's true love. You have to experience God's love. And, and, and so they don't experience, they, they say they believe in God, but I don't think they believe in their love because a lot of them, they look at them as a cold, judging uh, you know, Zeus-type person sitting in heaven wanting to smite them every time they, they, they screw up. And that's how a lot of times the church even looks at God, and they don't look at how he truly, unconditionally loves them. 
And that could be, you know, the way we look at it to what it truly is, is no, it's, is not the truth. What God, how God loves us is the truth. I remember even myself when I first got saved, when I was 30, I grew up in the church and all that, but I'd never had a relationship with God. I thought of God as that person that just was there to take me out if I did something wrong. All the rules. rules. It was rules, 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 rules. And so I remember myself when I got saved in this church and then God had called me into ministry to work with kids. I couldn't believe God's love even then for me because I didn't feel that I was worthy enough. I didn't feel that I was good enough. I didn't feel that I thought God was making a mistake or he was setting me up to fail to, to, to show all the stuff I'd done in the past. And that was, no, that was the farthest from the truth. See, God wasn't, he, I, he just wanted to love me and show me. And he wanted to show me that he trusted me. And he wants to show you today that he trusts you because you know what? God's love lasts forever. He never runs out of unconditional love for you. Can you imagine, you know, God's in heaven? Oh, there's 8 billion people. Eight. Oh, I'm out of love. I guess I can't, you know, love anymore. No, that's not how God works at all. It's not like it's a tap that turns off. He has un... Well, what's the word I'm looking for? Infinite love for all of us. But... By working on our relationship, and this is what I've learned, is that by working on our relationship with God, reaching out to Him, trusting Him for everything that we can begin to know, His unconditional love. We have to spend time with Him. That's what we need to do every day, no matter what or where you come from. If you work, if we work on our relationship, we will start to see and realize God's unconditional love for us. Oh, point number two is me too. Unconditional love makes sacrifices. Again, if you're a football fan, you've watched the game, you've seen it up in the stadium. John 3, 16, one of the most famous verses that the world knows, but they really don't understand it. And a lot of people here, you know, in churches don't even really understand it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal love. God's love is so far-reaching that he sacrificed. Uh, this is the, blows my mind as a father, as a grandfather. I can't imagine sacrificing my child for somebody else who I don't even know, really. You know, can you imagine trying to do that? I can't. And so he was willing to sacrifice his own son to pay the penalty for yours and my sin to bridge that gap between us and him. And so if, 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 Jesus, you know, if he didn't love us, why would he send, you know, why would Jesus leave heaven? Perfect. He had it all. And to come to be a human, to suffer, to go through all the stuff that he went through, that he did. Why did he do that? Unconditional love for you and I. And God has already made the ultimate sacrifice for us. And he has shown us what it is to love unconditional. And if we want to love this way, we need to make sacrifices too. Sometimes it means we must sacrifice our comfort in time to love others the way God loves us. We're going to have to sacrifice as Christians. That doesn't mean that we're going to be crucified like he was. But God is asking us all to sacrifice in our daily lives. 
Maybe it's to volunteer your time. Maybe it's to give of your finances. Maybe it's to work with the homeless. Maybe it is to go to another nation and, and, and be on a mission field. But with unconditional love, there is a cost. And we need to be willing to pay that price to show our unconditional love like God. Number three, you don't have to earn unconditional love. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, if you want to look it up in your Bibles. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. There it is right there. By grace. You've been saved. God's grace. And then you add your faith. There is nothing you can do to earn God's love for you. Absolutely nothing. It's actually an extraordinary concept to even think about. Again, like Mark did with his little mind-blown thing. Nothing you can do. Jesus' death on the cross already paid for our salvation. It's already paid for. And by taking on the penalty of our sin, when you think of the worst thing that you've ever done, Jesus paid for that, and he made it possible for God to offer his unconditional love for us. Now, it's common to believe that everything, including love, must be earned. Because that's the way our culture and our society is. We have to earn to receive. I have to go to work to receive my paycheck. I have to earn to receive. But following Christ means that God's love comes free of charge. It was a price, but we didn't have to pay it. Jesus did already. But the thing is, for most of my life, I've tried to earn it. You probably have too. I felt like if I was just good enough, I would judge myself. I would, I would decide I'm not good enough for God's love. If I just completed a certain task, if I read my Bible more, if I prayed in a certain way, then I would be on God's good side. And I could decide if I deserved his love or not. But the thing is, Christ's death erased all of that. And although Bible reading and prayer is good and very important, there is no required amount that we have to do to earn God's love. And if you've believed that or were taught that, I want to release you of that thinking right now in Jesus' name. Amen. There is no requirement just your faith added to a yes. There is no required amount of anything that you have to do to earn the love of, get this, the creator of the universe, <laughs> the king of all the kings, your heavenly father, the, the God that spoke this world into existence. Amen. Your heavenly father just simply loves you. He loves you. You know, and do you feel too unworthy? I know many times I do. But here's the thing. 
be careful that you haven't hardened your heart because you've decided that you're not good enough. None of us are actually worthy for the love of God, but he loves all of you, all of us, anyhow. Point number four, you just have to accept it. John 4, 13, you've heard this story many times. The woman at the well. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. You want to sing the song. (laughs) I want to pull a Todd Pratt and have some music going on here, but I don't sing. But after several husbands, the Bible said several husbands, and then being with someone else on top of that, she was tired. No no kidding. (laughs) She was tired. Love had hung her out to dry until that day at the well when she met love. She met Jesus in the person. Wow. And Jesus answered her, and he said, everyone, that meant her too, who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. When Jesus offered her the living water of salvation, in that moment, her life was changed. This once shy, broken, feeling unloved woman, she was so intimidated by all those men She was proclaiming from the rooftops what Jesus had done for her. The love of the Father is so life-changing. Took this broken woman, looking for love everywhere, met the Son of God. When she only was headed to the well to get some water, she had no idea what was going to be waiting for her that day. She accepted his gift of salvation, and she suddenly knew in that instant that she was loved, she was now worthy, and valued. Her name changed that day. And in the accepting and the knowing, her life was new. Amen. And so point number five is that you can never lose unconditional love. You can't lose it. You can't. See, the parable of the prodigal son shares that with us. It tells us that as it's recorded in Luke 15, and it illustrates God's unconditional love for his children. Who are his children? You and I. This is his best example of how much he truly loves us unconditionally. And a man's younger son, as you know the story, maybe you don't, a man's younger story asks his father for his share of the estate packed his belongings, took a trip to a distant land where he wasted all the money on partying and living the wildlife. And about the time that his money was gone, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He finally came to his senses and realized that his father's hired men 
at least had food to eat. So he decided, I'll go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to being called your son. Please take me on as a hired hand. Well, so he started to go back home. And while he was still a long distance away, the father saw him coming and he was filled with uh, coming and was filled with loving pity. He ran to his son, he embraced him, he kissed him. And I think that was the reason he saw his son coming while he was still a long distance away because he was praying for his son's return and spent much time each day watching that lonely road on which his son would return. There's some, I know this feeling because my parents prayed for me when I was young. So I knew the truth, but I, I, I wanted what the world I thought had to offer. And I know that my mom, my dad, they prayed, prayed. <laughs> and when God came to me that one Sunday morning in a little school north of here, it, it was the most incredible experience that I've ever had because I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was loved that day. And maybe there's some of you here because again, I wasn't always a nice guy. I broke pretty much all the commandments and the sins and stuff because I thought that's what the world wanted. That's what I wanted. That's what I thought I wanted. And God let me do that, just like he showed in the parable. The son went off, and he, he blew it, having fun, partying. But when it came to chance, when he knew there was nothing else, nowhere else to turn, and that's where my life had gotten to. My marriage wasn't great back then, and I was chasing the mighty dollar and just doing all the crazy things, drinking, drinking, and, and stuff like that. That Sunday morning, when Rhonda said, come with me to church, and, and Kevin was preaching that morning. God met me there. God wants to meet you wherever it is you are today. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. I want you to know that God is waiting. He's been waiting. He's been praying for you. He's been wanting. He's been whispering your name, waiting, looking down the road, saying, please come home, son or daughter. And the cool thing is, is that the son was willing to just be a hired hand. He, he was willing just to take the lowliest job that is father had to offer him but even as the son was making that confession i'm a terrible i'm a terrible son in that what was his father doing his father was calling out to the other servants get the fatted calf we are going to celebrate because my son is home today the father wants to celebrate you today because of his unconditional love for you he every time that someone turns and comes back to him there's a party in heaven. That's why heaven is such a happy, celebrating place, because of all the unconditional love that is there and celebrating as the lost are found. There's nothing that you have done in your past today. There's nothing that you have done in your past today that will stop you from the unconditional love of God. He is there for you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. No matter how badly you believe you've messed up in your life, with a heart of repentance, you can always come back to the Father and be welcomed back to the table. See, you don't have to be the lonely person, the lowly. Here, welcome back. You are a son. You are a daughter. He will, he will greet you with that heavenly kiss and invite you and throw a party just for 
you. Amen? Amen. I don't know who that was for, but if you're watching today, no matter what you've done, God loves you. He has an unconditional love for you today. The next point to this great journey is to be like Christ. So now I'm going to talk to us. God usually uses messages to talk to me. It's not usually for you guys. It's usually for me. That to be like Christ, you have to love unconditionally. Say, what? I thought that's God's job. No, no. We're called to love unconditionally too. And this is so much easier said than done. Trust me. It's easy to love those that are easy to love. Amen? It's easy to love your kids most of the time. <laughs> you know, it's easy to love the people that believe the same as you and, 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 and all those things. But how difficult is it when God asks you to love someone who's annoying you to death at work? Who mistreats you? who bullies you over and over and over again. See, more than ever now in this day that we are living, I don't know about you, but I, can, I find it hard <laughs> to love some days because of all the stuff that is going on. There's so much division among us in our communities, in our nations. There's so much division going on with all the political climate and the way it is and with the COVID regulations where some people agree this is how it should be done and others don't agree how it's being handled. And, and then we have canceled culture on top of that. And it's such division, you know. Do you cheer for the Leafs? Do you cheer for the Canadians? There's such division. <laughs> oh, okay, that one's okay. But seriously... There, there hasn't been this kind of division that I can remember or think of in my 54 years on this earth. There hasn't. And so it makes it so hard to love unconditional. And, and if we're not careful, it's so easy to harden our hearts when we're listening to social media, when we're listening to the news, and there's that division, and you're like, well, I can't like that person because that's the way. I can't love that person because uh, I can't. It, and then next thing you know, your heart is encased in stone and you can't love unconditionally. But see, love takes practice. It's the simple things each and every day. As a football coach, I always teach the basics and I tell the guys, just keep repeating, it comes second nature. Those moves and things like that. Love is something that we need to practice each and every day. And that it comes natural. See, it's not just a feeling. All the Hallmark movies that Rhonda makes me watch. Love is always such a feeling. Oh, I just feel so bleh. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It takes work to maintain and means knowing who God and Jesus is so that you can love others like he did. It takes communication. It takes the sacrifice like we're talking about and commitment to be more like Jesus each and every day. Praying. Listening, attending church regularly are just some of the ways that you can practice nurturing your relationship with God and, of course, limiting the amount of news and social media that we take into our bodies each and every day will go a long way to helping us achieve unconditional love for others. He likes watching the Hallmark movies. All right, number seven. 
Unconditional love means surrendering your expectations. Conditional love is only offered when certain requirements are met, like I love you if, or I love you when you, dot, 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 dot. I'm sure we've all been there, probably recently. But if we want to love unconditionally, we must surrender our expectations of what the other person can do for us. That means not putting your person in a box, not forcing them to conform to parameters that we place on the relationship. Expectations can be one of the biggest barriers to giving and receiving unconditional love. When we love freely, we don't expect anything in return from others, and we ultimately then experience the gift of unconditional love in return. Number eight, when you lay down your life for God, you in turn pick up unconditional love. So fitness, shopping, alcohol, drugs, promiscuity, these are all ways we try to fill that hole in our hearts. So be honest with yourself. But when we surrender our desire to be loved, completely surrender it all the way, God meets us in a way that satisfies our deepest need to be loved and to be known. And he's the only one that can satisfy that deep core need. When we try to control God, by taking back certain areas of our lives, it puts a barrier between us and him. And did you realize that by holding on to those areas, by insisting that you keep control, because it's hard, it's hard to let control or let go of control. I'm control some freaks here. I know I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> but all it does is it puts that barrier between you and God. It doesn't allow you to have full access to that unconditional love that he wants to pour out on you. I don't want a barrier between me and God. But when we give our everything to Jesus, everything, even those people that matter most to us and that we hold on to, that we try to control, God fills us with an unexplainable love. He meets that core need in us. And when that love fills our hearts, we cultivate the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And then the last point as we close up here this morning is forgiveness is foundation that allows unconditional love to grow. This is one of the most important ones. And so often people hurt us and we become a victim of their sin while we may get over it, you know, just get over it, just just get over it. And I'm guilty of saying that to people, just get over it. But that's not what we need to do. We don't always do the work of healing ourselves from that pain. And so the, the main salve of healing is to forgive those who have hurt you. 
Forgiveness is so important to Jesus that not only he tells us to forgive 70 times 7, but also warns us that if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. We have to forgive others before he can forgive us. Those are some harsh words. And a, a lack of forgiveness leads to anger, disappointment, and one unchecked bitterness in our lives. And bitterness becomes the root of not loving others. If left unchecked, it could go so deep it becomes almost impossible to uproot in your life. Bitterness is something that the enemy uses to destroy lives. And to get rid of bitterness, it starts with unforgiveness. I read a quote just the other day while I was getting ready for this, and it says, unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness serving time for someone else's crime. Unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness serving time for someone else's crime. Being in jail doesn't sound like fun, so let's release ourselves today. Unconditional love might be a foreign concept to you. I know it was for me, but it doesn't have to be. When we love, forgive, and see others with new eyes because we have let Jesus meet our needs of love and intimacy, you will be set free. Who wants to be free? Amen. Amen. See, we forgive, but we don't forget. Because it's, if someone hurts you, we have to have boundaries. We don't allow ourselves to go back to that situation again, but we must forgive. That's unconditional uh, love. That's the power Jesus' death afforded to you and I so that we're able to do that. For Jesus, think about it. He'd just been through hell, let's be honest, beaten. All the stuff he went through the day he was crucified, hanging from a cross, stabbed in the side, mocked, spit on, all that stuff. And what is the one thing he said before he passed? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Wow. So, yes, we've been hurt. Yes, people will do stuff to us. But we have to forgive like Jesus forgave us. Amen. And so, you need to know this above anything else. God loves you unconditionally. Turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you unconditionally. Turn the person on the other side, tell them the same thing. God loves you unconditionally. We have to get that. We have to understand that. His love for you is unconditional and undeserved like, like Mike was talking about earlier in our worship set. We don't deserve it. None of us do. None of us. But we get it because he loves us unconditionally. He loves you in spite of your disobedience. He does, in spite of your weaknesses that you fall back into. He still loves you. In spite of your sin and your selfishness, he still loves you unconditionally. He loves you enough to provide a way to abundance and eternal life. All we have to do is reach out to him. What an amazing deal, if you think about it. See, even when you're disobedient, he continues to love you, waiting for you to respond to his love and forgiveness. 
I'm convinced that most of our struggles and all of our fears would evaporate if we knew the love of God that surpasses all understanding. If we actually truly grabbed hold of this unconditional love, it would get rid of all the other things that are happening that trip us up each and every day. We, you wouldn't be afraid if you knew how much God loves you. If you could understand how much God loves you. I'm, I'm, I'm looking in the mirror right now because there's still days that fear creeps in. There's still days that doubt creep in. There's still times that I don't think I'm worthy to be here. But then God comes in and says, I love you, son. You belong here. I want you here. I love you. Let's go conquer the world. Let's go do something great today. And he reminds me of that. See, you can't have anxiety and know that you're loved by God at the same time. You can't have light and darkness together. And love is light. Because perfect love casts out all fears. If you're dealing with depression, anxiety, fear, know that you are loved unconditionally. Allow that God inside so that that can be washed away. I was listening to a podcast by Chris Vallotton from Bethel. And many of you know of him. And God, he, he, he was asking God, and many people do this. I know Rhonda's done this before. You ask God for a word for the year. Speak to me, God. What's my word for the year? And God showed him 1 Corinthians 13. He says, no, no, I, I, need, I, I know I'm not doing a wedding. I, I need a word. He says, well, if your word is joy. Love unconditionally. Because if you love, you'll have joy. If you want patience, love unconditionally. Love will give you the, the patience that you need. If you want to overcome, you know, whatever it is, love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. Our goal for all of us is that we experience the love of God that surpasses all understanding. And so that we can then show the world unconditional love until you and I know what unconditional love is until we have it inside of us so that it's just brewing out of us we can't go out into the world and show unconditional love we need to understand and so we're going to pray right now i just we're, we're going to wrap up those are our, our points but i just want everybody if you're at home stand up if you're here let's stand let's pray I want us to understand that this week, lean into the love of God like never before. When you leave here today, just spend some time and, and just allow God to just pour his love over you. If you've messed up this week, that's fine. Guess what? So did I. <laughs> but I know God's unconditional love still loves me. And he still has a plan, a purpose, and, and a, a blessing for me, just like he does you. If you're watching here today, maybe you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. I want to invite you today to just receive his unconditional love. No matter what it is that you've done in the past, God loves you. And he is there willing, just like the prodigal son's dad. He's there waiting to invite you to come with open arms. If you're feeling condemnation today, if you're feeling that you're not worthy like I used to feel like, 
then I, I, I want to pray right now that Holy Spirit will come and just break that off of you in his mighty name. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for your unconditional love. I thank you, Father, for your love that is just there for all of us. And finally, Father, I just pray right now for those that, are, that don't know you, Father, that, that they will receive you today in their heart, that they will allow you to come in and just, just, just to smother them in your unconditional love today, Father. And I thank you for those lives that are turning to you today. And I thank you, Father, for the celebration, just like the, the father of the prodigal son, there's a celebration going on in heaven today. And Father, I also pray for those who, who know you, but they allow the past to creep back in. And they feel the condemnation. That's not from you, that's from the enemy. As he's trying to hold you back. And Heavenly Father is saying, I love you, son. I love you, daughter, unconditional. I know what you've done in the past. You repent of it. I've forgotten about it. Let's move forward and love this world into the kingdom. Let's walk into the blessing. Let's walk into your purpose. And so, Father, right now, I just pray for anyone who is feeling that today, that they will know as they leave here today or as they, get, as they turn off the computer, that they will know that they are loved unconditionally. And so, Father, I pray blessing over each and every one of them. I pray blessing over everyone here this morning that your love will just envelop them and just flow through them as they leave here today, as they go to a maybe Swiss LA or whatever it is, that, that they'll understand your love so that then, Father, we can go into this world that needs it more than ever, your unconditional love for them. And so, Father, bless, I pray in your mighty name, Amen and amen. This right here. Have an amazing day. Thank you for uh, listening and bless you. Hey, everybody. Pastor Kevin Dowling here from Desert Stream. Just giving a shout out to you and saying thanks for joining us this week. We trust that you received something out of what was shared today, and we hope that it spoke to you and that it encouraged you in this season that we find ourselves in. You know, you could do us a big favor if you would just uh, share, uh, like, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let people know that there's a place that you found that you're getting an encouragement and hope each and every week. We hope you plan to check in with us next week, be a part of our expression again, and help spread the word that God is in control in the midst of this season. We love you.